Hi, and thank you for listening to Dream 10X Radio, where we interview people attempting to live extraordinary lives. Our twofold purpose is to both direct and inspire people bold enough to do the same. Dream 10X. Face your fears. episode of dream 10x it's your boy jc and dr cable and we're trying a new format here video just for the heck of it so we're gonna have we're gonna try video this time as well as audio for the podcast at dream 10x.com so how's it going first of all pretty good how are you doing let's do i made a dragon it's pretty cool what is that well it's going to be a dragon so i'm working on the wings right now and then i'm going to put like a material around the wings and then uh Make little feet with the copper, and uh, so it should be. So you're practicing. And then it's gonna hang out right here on my my run fair costume. Cool. So you're practicing blacksmithing. I you're, am. You're learning blacksmithing skills. So what what kind of metal is that? That is just a regular mild steel, three quarter inch. And how do you how did you do it? How did you make it all twisty and? I put it in the fire. I made it very very hot, and I twisted it. <laughs> <laughs> and so I covered yeah. the shit out of it. So first you make the point on the tail. I mean, I'm learning, so this is not. Amazing, but so make the point on the tail, and then um, I did the head, and then I twisted this part, and then I twisted the other part. Cool, and yeah. you, and it's all for your costume. You're going to Ren Fair next weekend or something, mm-hmm. and yeah, you're coming too. Yeah, <laughs> planning on it. I don't know what I don't have fancy metal to wear on me, but I can make you something. So this is what it's what going to be this? the wings. So we're going to put material around it. Um, so but this is like the bones for the wings, and okay. then the material around it will fit on here. And then we'll twist it around so it should stay up and be like a little dragon. Cool. That's what I've been doing. Fun. Fun projects. Well, I got an iPad this week. And that's what we're recording this video on. I got an iPad Air. <coughs> and um, I don't know. I thought it'd be fun to see if we could hook up a microphone to and everything and do a recording of our podcast. Seems to be working so far. We'll see. Um, iPod, iPad Air. Um, I think it's fourth generation. There's so many iPad versions out there. <coughs> Excuse Bless me. You. Yeah, I know. I'm allergic Yay, to technology nature. too. So many iPads. I didn't know what to get. And I thought they would be like 100 bucks. They're so expensive now. They're like mm. 700, 800 bucks, Damn. 1300 bucks. But I wanted to try this, the Apple Pencil, because I, I wanted to go paperless, right? So that mm-hmm. was my one of my goals behind this. And so I got this, the, the well, I guess it's called Pencil, Apple <laughs> Pencil. And it's got some weight to it. So it's kind of, it feels ergonomic it's cool you you can change modes just by tapping this flat edge right here so you can turn it into an eraser or writing or drawing just by double tapping on that so that's cool but i can't i can't figure out how to get it to work like i can't write with it i'm like apple what (laughs) it's kind of cool but i i can't i I haven't been able to figure it out yet so anyway it was 120 bucks too damn it's not one of those things you can just take out of the box and it's just so simple to use. It's not simple to use at all. Um, so I'm still still playing with it. Hopefully I can pick it up and, and get more adept at using the pencil. <laughs> or I may just go back to paper and pencil in, in real life. But anyway, this week, this episode, we're talking about the book Scale. And this book was written by David Finkel and Jeff Hoffman. And... I am actually having the good fortune to sit down next week and, and uh, interview Jeff Hoffman, 
and talk to him a little bit about some of his experience building and scaling businesses. So I'm really excited about that. And so I thought this would be a good episode to talk about his book, Scale, and um, just kind of go through it and talk about what's in it real quick and just get assimilated a little bit about what it takes to, to start a business from scratch and scale it to infinity and beyond. And just thinking about why it's important for everybody to be an entrepreneur. Do you have any thoughts on that? Why well, everybody needs to have an entrepreneurial mindset. Absolutely. So even in business, if you're not a traditional sense of the word entrepreneur trying to start your own business, even when you work in corporate organizations, it's really important to have that mindset because that's how you make change and you make growth and you have that, yeah. how can we do things differently? Mm -hmm. Right. How can we do things differently, but also how can we make more money for the organization doing it differently, mm -hmm. doing it better. That's assuming you're a for-profit organization. Yeah, so what, in the government, you work in government, so how how do you try to inculcate an entrepreneurial mind, mindset in a government employee when there's no profit motive? That is the ultimate question, isn't it? <laughs> so a lot of, <laughs> uh, so a lot of it is trying to make sure that we meet our mission, whatever that mission is and the, and the goals. And that's set by people way higher than we are. And so we do create different programs and things that will help, because I'm in leader, leadership development and employee development, help our employees be the very, very best that they can be. And a lot of times it takes an entrepreneurial mindset in order to create the new types of programs needed for the future of work and the future of what employees need as far as skills and mindsets and things. Mm -hmm. And in terms of entrepreneurialism and innovation, in in government work, mm -hmm. uh, is there a, a drive to save money? Yeah, and, and do, does that tie day. into that? The whole "do more with less" is yeah, the, the yeah. one phrase that makes me crazy. Uh, so it's always about saving money and and being able to reallocate money. Yet it's ironic because at the end of the fiscal year, any money left over, we have to spend, spend, right, spend right. to make sure we get it back next year. Yeah, it's so so it's, it's a very inefficient process in my mm. opinion. But that's my opinion only. I have to say that. It's completely my opinion. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I feel like similarly in any organization, whether it's government, non-government, public, private, having an entrepreneur an entrepreneurial mindset is very important for everybody uh, in order for you as an individual to bring the most to maximize the amount of value that you bring to your organization to your e to your business to your economy and to the world we all have an ability to grow gross domestic product within the country and we can only do that as individuals mm -hmm. uh, or uh, as entrepreneurs so anyway, back to the book Scale. So Scale is all about providing a framework for, for business owners to uh, uh, help them grow from zero to exponential growth. And it provides a set of principles and guidelines that you can follow to help move your business from nothing to something. And um, they make the point, uh, Hoffman and Finkel, early on in the book, that um, all businesses are pretty much the same. The mm -hmm. mechanics for all successful business, businesses are basically the same. And so this book tries to look at, you know, across the board, systematizing 
what are all those things that all successful businesses do in order to go through their various stages of a, a successful business life cycle to ultimately become, you know, a huge company that the owner can walk away from mm. and 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 have that company run basically by itself mm -hmm. without direct involvement from the owner or the founder of the company. And uh, so from that perspective, I think it's a very interesting book. It, it's a very it, it's very manual like. Um, I've read it twice so far, and every time I've read it, I, I come away with some some additional information. I'm sure I could read it two or three more times, and uh, things would hit me differently. Mm -hmm. um, so, so it's all about systemization. It's all about providing a framework for any business owner to help scale their company, basically. And so when I read it, I'm thinking, okay, franchise. Um, companies who try to franchise mm -hmm. their company try to systemize their success model, systematize their success model, document it, uh, kind of automate it, and then franchise it to other people who can who don't have any experience running a business, but have a higher chance of success just because they're buying a system that's already been well proven. Mm -hmm. And so that's that's what I was thinking, you know, any business owner needs to think about, okay, what am I doing to make money? How can I document that process? How can I, how can I systematize it so that uh, I can turn it over to other people and have them run it, follow the playbook, have them do it, and I can step away and just be a consultant to my own company, basically. Mm -hmm. um, part of the trap that I think many business owners, I, and I, I don't know this from personal experience, but from what I've read and heard, I think a lot of business owners fall into the trap of basically creating a job for themselves in, in their new business. And so, uh, you know, they, they end up still working, trading their time for money and working 90 to 100 hours a week in a business that they created. And um, I agree with this book that that's not what you want to do. That's not your objective. Your objective is to, to highly systematize, highly automate, uh, highly document your business model your business processes so that you're you're not selling your time for money as a business owner you're selling your value you're selling you're you're getting compensated for the value you create in your company mm -hmm. and i think page 16 really points this out there's a quote in there the world does not pay you for the hours you put in it pays you for the value you create wouldn't it be great if all organizations worked like that yeah <laughs> instead um, of having to put in your hours each week on whether or not you've actually been productive, but I was sitting at my desk from nine to five. Right. right. So how, well, what if we got paid by the hours that are with the value we brought? Well, that's what employees are. Yeah. I mean, that's how what do you do. How change that you're, paradigm? Well, you don't. You're an employee. <laughs> that's what employees do. You trade your time for money. But business owners shouldn't be doing that. They should be trading the value they create for money. So if you don't want to trade your time for money, start a, start a business follow this plan and make sure you're being compensated for the value you create, not the time you put in. So I, I really like that quote. It's a very kind of subtle way of thinking about work and compensation, but um, I really love the idea of creating value. What am I doing to create value in the market? How am I helping the economy get better? How am I helping America get better because of the value that I create? Mm -hmm. I think it's really important to have that mental model, that, that paradigm. And so I've been working on that recently as a result of bringing this book. Um, 
So these predictable phases that they talk about in the book are, you know, a level one company is your, is your startup. They're trying to vet a business model. Uh, you don't know if you're going to be successful or not. Level two is when you actually start to realize some profit in your company. You start to get some, some management processes in place. Um, you're starting to get a little more stable. And then level three is when you experience explosive growth in your company and you really need a highly systematized, documented, uh, structured organization that basically runs itself, trains itself, has patterns for growth, ha has, a, has a plan for growth. And at that phase, the business owner can start to walk, walk away and um, it should just run itself if, you, if you've done your job right as a business owner. Um, and again, I don't have any experience with this. I'm just, just trying to learn from this book and um, get a feel for how things work in these, these as a business owner. Uh, because I hope to be a business owner one day. I, I hope to be a successful entrepreneur and business owner one day. That's one of my dreams. That's why we talk about all this stuff on Dream 10X. So, um, Another good point in the book was establishing a parking space for your business. A parking space being the one thing, that, the one area that your business is really good at. Park your business there and win a gold medal. I, I love the way it, it puts that. Win a gold medal at that one great thing that you do. Be, be the best of the best in one area. And uh, once, you're, once you've won that gold medal in that one area, then you can expand into other areas and, and win other gold medals there. So I really like that. I, I've heard other analogies of the same thing where you, you spin a plate, get one plate spinning in your business and then you spin, spin some other plates and then you can spin other plates. And get a, I don't like that analogy. No, gold medal? Yeah. I like the gold medal, yeah. Gold medal's better. Okay, so um, just wanted to cover the seven principles discussed in here real quick in this book. thought they were pretty interesting. The first one is build a business, not a job. And uh, I was reminded of a quote from Tim Ferriss in his book, Four Hour Work Week, where he, t he opens up with a story of him starting a successful supplements business, but he's like working himself to death and uh, just he has to to walk away and uh, he's trying to confront his fear about walking away from the trap the, this this employee trap that he's got himself in in, in this business that he created and uh, so he goes through this fear exercise that he continues to this day evidently where he just walks through various scenarios and says well what's the worst that can happen if I just walk away from my business what's gonna happen what's the worst? am I gonna go bankrupt I'm not gonna die uh, possibly uh, I could recover from this if I worked really hard later on and, and got myself back to where it was those, those kinds of things and he decides that um, the fears that he's thinking about are probably not going to come to reality so he goes ahead and takes the leap and he walks away from his business and it turns out his, his business is more successful without him and he's able to tra travel around the world for for 15 day or 15 months or something like that and uh, his, his, his company pays him, essentially, to take that free vacation. So, um, yeah, principle number one, build a business, not a job. Don't build a job for yourself. So that, that's really good. Uh, principle number two, build on the stable base of systems. So, so build solid systems, automated systems that your, your business can follow. Your team, make sure you get a good team around you. Build a good team. And uh, internal controls around money, around people around hiring processes mm -hmm. that kind of thing uh, principle number three understand why your customers really do business with you so you may be selling something to your customers but you may find that there are other things that they need that are somewhat related to what you're selling 
that uh, if you don't ask them, if you don't talk to them, what they talk to them about what they need, you won't find out that there are other things you could be selling or doing for them. So find out what your customers really, really want. Principle number four: create the right strategic plan and reduce that plan into a series of rolling one-page quarterly action plans that help you execute and get results. I really like this. Uh, I do this in my own personal life as. Do you look at me as head of the household? <laughs> no, I, no, I do not look at you as head of the household. No? <laughs> no. Well, I consider myself head of the household. And so I write oh, a quarterly business plan well, for, for you. <laughs> where I want to take the family. That's great. Did you know I did that? Uh, no, I did not. Okay. Yeah. Well, now that I'm not head of the household, <laughs> shit, I'm not going to take you anywhere. <laughs> but I like that. Mm. I, I, I think it's good for individuals to write a quarterly action plan. Where do you want to take yourself? I guess in my case, where do you want to take yourself in 90 days? <laughs> um, hmm. Oh, this is revealing about our relationship. No, we're equals. There's no head of the household. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm just, okay. We're going to get a divorce after this video. Okay. Um, anyway, I, I feel it's important that even individuals, not just CEOs of companies, not just, you know, he heads of companies mm -hmm. to... To write a quarterly quarterly action plan where do you where do you want to go in the next 90 days and and, and refactor your your vector <laughs> accordingly i think it's important What's your vector i like vector? that yeah how did the rest of that go oh surely you must be kidding principle number five learn to read the world so that you can build for tomorrow's marketplace so yeah keep your poll keep keep a Surprised of current events, where are things going, where's technology going, where's the Federal Reserve going, you know, keep your eye on, on current events so you can help direct the business that you're working in accordingly and stay current. Principle number six, remove predictable obstacles to growth, pillar by pillar. So um, sales is one of the critical pillars of an organization without sales. You basically don't have any income in your business. And so that one right there really mm. scares me. Sales scares me. Does it scare, does it scare you? And from what perspective? Like what scares you about it? I, talking to people. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, people! I know. <laughs> well, also in being disingenuous with people. Mm. That's, I don't, I don't want to have to be disingenuous with anybody to make money. So I've always felt like you have to be disingenuous to be in sales and therefore if you have to do that mm. then then i can never be successful in business. why is that your mental model i don't know i don't know i think a lot of people share that though i don't think it's how just do me. you change your mental model um okay so i'm working on that and one of the books that one of my friends pointed out on linkedin is uh sales for noobs by john sterling so i'm reading this book mm -hmm. and he's helping me a lot i just Good. started i love i love this book so far yeah um really change, helping to change my mindset about sales. Mm -hmm. And so hopefully I'll get over that fear and that, that current concept of what sales is mm -hmm. after this or, or change my paradigm. Anyway, uh, another obstacle to growth is operations. You have to have your processes in place. Um, uh, a cool thing about operations that I pulled out from here is, uh, well, learning management systems is one mm -hmm. and you're, you're well-versed in LMSs. But uh, building expert systems and a universal business system was pointed out in here. That, that was brand new to me, and, but I, I love that idea. So basically, 
an expert system is a documented, an electronic version of documented processes and mm. procedures for how to do pretty much anything in an organization, how to do sales, yeah. how do you approach a customer, yeah. what, what do you say, how do, how do you handle rejection from a customer? It's all documented, it's scripts. We always call them SOPs. Yeah, so, okay. that's, that's all it is. Same thing. It's yeah. SOPs, yeah. And all of these things build up to your universal build, uh, business system and it's a, just an electronic database, basically a wiki of uh, information that's pertinent to your business, how mm -hmm. to run it, how to execute things. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that idea. Yeah. So that was a really valuable takeaway from this book. And even better, doing it from a micro-learning perspective. Yes. So doing yes. it like short videos on, this is how you talk to a customer, here's a demo. Now yes. Go, yeah, and, then, yeah. and that feeds into your LMS. Exactly. Mm -hmm. uh, beautifully, simply put, I really like that idea that came mm -hmm. out. I thought that was really valuable. Um, op um, okay, operations, obstacles to growth, finance. Do you know where your money is going? When it comes into the organization, are you, are you sure nobody's stealing it? Because that happens a lot. Mm. Track, keep your eye on the money from the time it comes into your organization to the time it goes into your bank account. Make sure it all adds up. That happened Critical. at PVP. That's why professional veterinary products it went under. a lot of they places. Had, there's the CFO had been there um, since the start of the company. And uh, it was a brilliant company, hugely profitable and all the employees were highly engaged. It was an amazing place. The CEO ended up retiring, and he started this company out of the back of his trunk. Mm. He literally went from hospital to hospital and sold products out of the back of a trunk, and then it became like mm. this medium sales. Sales, literally hands-on sales. Hands of sales. sales. Yeah. And then, uh, so he ended up retiring, and then they had a new guy take over, and then they hired another CFO, retired this guy, and. There was lots of embezzling going on. The CEO took the company in a totally different direction, and it just went under, and it was just very sad. Mm. So. Did the founder make a, get a payout? Uh, so he part of his retirement was embedded in the company, mm. so he lost his retirement as well. Oh. Isn't that just tragic? Yes. So as an entrepreneur, it's something to think about. Where are you, Where's your retirement money come from when you do want to step back from the business? Yeah. So again, controls, finance, yeah. watch your money. <laughs> Even if you leave the company and you have some financial ties to it, yeah. watch the money. Uh, your team. Your team is very important. How you recruit, how you retain, how you compensate, how you keep. Uh, well, that's retain. Being done it. But uh, <laughs> your team, very, very important there. And then executive leadership. How are you growing your leadership within the company? Um, bringing them up through the ranks to run the company that the way you have planned out and the way you expect it to uh, to grow and to function in the future. So those are the uh, that's principle six and the uh, removing the principal obstacles to growth there. Um, I just thought that was a really clear way to, to look at. It. These are the six pillars that every business is, has got, you know, and you need to guard those. And very simply put, makes common sense. I like it. And finally, principle number seven, you do have the time to scale your business. Um, even if you feel like you're working 100 hours a week, you still have time to figure out how to do more. And the book points out Pareto's principle, you know, 80-20, mm -hmm. have you heard of that? Yeah, yeah. So 20% of the time that you put into your company is actually generating 80% of, the, of the, the value. So uh, when you think about that, that way, yeah, you definitely have you're spending a lot of time doing stuff you probably don't need to be doing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know that's true in my life. Like I spent the whole last year 
cutting another property's grass when and so that took up three hours in my Saturday almost every Saturday during the summer or more three probably five hours mm -hmm. um, just stuff like that there's stuff you don't need to be doing uh, it can be done by you can offload that stuff so there's you know a level stuff that you should be doing b level stuff c level stuff and d level stuff get rid of the d level stuff right away give it to somebody else then work on the C level stuff. Can you give that stuff to somebody else? And just focus on your A level and your B level stuff. So, yeah, I thought that was that was valuable information. There's a lot of good stuff I pulled out of this book. I highly recommend it. Jeff Hoffman and, and David Finkel. And uh, if you don't know who uh, these guys are, Jeff Hoffman is an extremely successful businessman, entrepreneur. He founded Priceline.com. Um, he, uh, so that, he started out as a software engineer, which is one thing I really love about him. He made the transition from being a software engineer to being a highly successful entrepreneur and businessman. Uh, he was the CEO of ubid.com, uh, redtag.com. I haven't heard of that one. I don't know that one. He was also a successful music pro So after he did all these things, he, be he became a successful music producer and a, a movie producer. He even uh, produced a very low budget um, movie that made a lot of money. Cabin Fever is really yeah, good. Made I a liked lot it. of money. <laughs> um, so really interesting guy. Um, the fact that he could be successful in all these completely different mm. niches, uh, I think, attests to the fact that there are these common principles that you can follow in any business and be successful. Now, I don't think it's mechanical. There's not just it's not just mechanical things to follow to be successful. There's a certain other secret sauce that he's got that I'm trying to learn from. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to figure out what that secret sauce is, but definitely he points out the mechanics in this book. So learn the mechanics and then tune in next week when I reveal my interview with Jeff Hoffman. Maybe we'll learn some secret sauce. So tune in for that secret sauce. Oh, uh, the other author I want to point out, David Finkel. He actually signed this book. I bought this on oh, Amazon. Oh, that's cool. I got his signature on it. Uh, next nice. week I'm going to get Jeff Hoffman's signature. But um, David Finkel, all, uh, another highly successful entrepreneur, and he runs a mastermind in Maui. So maybe oh, one wow. day if we ever move to Hawaii, we can, <laughs> we can enjoy his Maui sure. mastermind. So that's this week's podcast, Reading Scale. Next week, uh, well, hopefully uh, in a couple of weeks, I'll get this book read and we can talk about sales for noobs. I'm really interested in learning more about sales. I wanted to say one thing about sales. I, w I started working many moons ago, uh, and I lived through the, the dot-com burst bubble in 2002. And I learned then that company, so I, I was out of a job, looking for a job at that time, and everybody wanted sales salespeople. Mm. Nobody wanted tech people, nothing. No, tech people were like, nobody wanted them <laughs> at that time when the internet bubble collapsed. Everybody wanted sales. So I learned at that time, sales is the skill you need to have to survive in down cycles mm -hmm. so and it's a skill, a skill you need to have even when things are going well any organization is looking for people who can bring in money to an organization and you got to have sales skills so i'm very excited to learn more about sales um so with that uh we'll see you next next week next week with an interview with jeff hoffman take care I just wanted to wrap up on our podcast about the Jeff Hoffman, David Finkel book on book scale, just to let you know that last week I was down in Orlando with my mastermind talking with uh, Brandon Adams and Jeff Hoffman and some of the other guys and people in our 
mastermind about entrepreneurship and growing and scaling businesses. And I, I had the opportunity to actually sit down with Jeff Hoffman. It was pretty funny. I was really, really nervous. And there's a picture of me sitting next to Jeff Hoffman, kind of a behind the scenes picture. And I look like I'm about ready to jump off a transport ship on the beach of Normandy. That, that's how scared I looked. It's pretty funny. I'm going to share that picture just to show you how scared I looked. Um, and yeah, so it was kind of fun though to, to go through such a, for me, it was a scary experience. I was afraid I was going to forget my questions and look like a bumbling idiot, which I probably already did. But um, I, I got through it and had an awesome interview i think i got so much out of my experience last week a two two-day mastermind um, in orlando last week and i uh, just wanted to sh share that experience i'm going to share the picture and um, i also came away with some personal introspection and, and growth and one of the things I, I started thinking about there is how how often i've had to reinvent myself throughout my life and my, my career and how difficult that is, starting starting over again and to learn something that you've never learned before and to try to become proficient, if not, a, you know, to use the term, a gold medal, medal winner in that particular thing, takes a lot of work and a lot of time. Um, if you're like, if you follow Malcolm Gladwell, it, she's, so Cindy's in the background doing her forging making a lot of noise. She's working on her dragon that she talked about. The, the forge is right here. You can see the fire coming out of it a little bit. But anyway, like Malcolm Gladwell says, in order to become proficient or an expert in something, it takes like 10,000 hours. So um, after you've become an expert in something, it's really hard to try to learn something else because you got to start that process all over again. But that's the way I feel right now in learning entrepreneurship. I feel like I'm starting from scratch again. I don't know much about it. Um, I have to have a learner's mind and be prepared to put in the work that it takes to become proficient as an entrepreneur, um, especially if you're someone who doesn't have a genetic predisposition, which is something that we talked about in our interview with Jeff Hoffman, which I'm ho hoping to be able to share with you all uh, at the end of the year by December. So uh, one closing note uh, along those lines of reinventing yourself, I was just reading the Wall Street Journal this morning and I, I, I like reading the obituaries because um, it's a reflection on people's lives. Mostly these are successful people that they put in the Wall Street Journal, but there's an uh, obituary about Robert Haas, who was an investor. He lived from 1947 to 2021. Uh, he was a successful investor and after he made a lot of money, he changed his, kind of changed what he was doing and, and became an aerial photographer. And uh, it's kind of funny, he was apparently scared of heights, but um, he ended up liking to take aerial photography by leaning out of a helicopter door and like, you know, just filming animals and stuff from, from heights, which I thought was really interesting. And uh, one, one quote that he gave that I really, really liked, he said, if you only live once, you might as well live a few lives. And I really love that. So it, I think it speaks to reinventing yourself in your one in one life that you have, uh, living many different experiences while you have that one life, and I love that. So I hope you enjoyed this this podcast video, and we'll talk to you next time.